God, I just want to thank you for bringing us into this place and for just these moments where we can just come into this place and rest in you. I know life is really crazy in this world. It seems like it's never going to slow down just so we can have time to breathe. But for tonight, I'm thankful for just this hour and a few minutes that we get to just bask in your presence. It'll never be enough, God. But just I'm thankful for the time that we do have. I know people come into this place with all kinds of just heavy hearts and just problems that I can never even dream of. But tonight, I pray that you would clear our minds just so that we can listen to the Holy Spirit and be honed in on you, God. Please, I beg you just to pierce our hearts with whatever we need to hear, whether it's coming from you tonight, Lord, or if you meet us at the supper table tomorrow night. I pray that you wouldn't let go of us. Don't let us keep running away. Not anymore, God. I love you, and I'm so grateful that I get to have this moment to let you speak through me. In your name we pray. That was a really awkward moment before I got up here. You know, it's, it's okay. Sometimes I forget how many songs we do. You know, it's fine. Um, so I've learned people like a pastor at two events in their life. You get married or you're dying. For some reason, they go hand in hand. I don't know what it is. Um, but apparently we like somebody from the Lord there with us, which I get, you know. I mean, I ain't married. I ain't died. Not that I'm aware of. But I guess, you know, I'd want somebody there, you know, from Jesus. But I got to think, I was like, why do we want somebody there when we're married? I mean, I know marriage is a representation of the church, but I was like, that's a form of death too. You know, you're letting go of like your single life, you know. (laughs) Bachelor to the rapture is down, you know. That's not happening. Um, But I don't know. I was like, "That's, that's wild. That's that's two very different celebrations, but okay. Um, I mean, I'll have somebody of the Lord there when I pass and when I get married, you know. One of those I know is going to happen. The other is questionable, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, I, I know that seems very odd. But then um, I got to thinking too, like, two very different opposite events is birth and death, okay? And y'all know, like, we're going through this series of the resurrection, I was like, that's kind of birth, death. You know, we really like, you know, the birth of like a baby or babies. You know, my cousin, she just had two wee tots. And boy, I love them. I love to go visit them. Like, I'll take off work just to go see them. But then, like, you got to thinking about death. And I haven't experienced a whole lot of death in my life. Like, um, I had a set of grandparents that passed. But that's been about 10 years ago. And, I mean, they were older. They had lived out their full lives. But I was like, oh. I don't remember a whole lot. And, like, we know nowadays, like, I mean, not saying that God can't raise somebody from the dead, but normally, like, when you go to a funeral, like, that's it for that person here on earth. Um, so, you know, we're going through and looking at all these people that have either died and come back to life or they're about to die, something like that. And tonight, I have a pretty cool cat. I got Lazarus, you know, and I'm real pumped about him because Lazarus, is connected to Mary and Martha, okay? So I got to thinking, I was like, I got me a Lazarus, and I got me a Mary and Martha. So when I picture Lazarus, Mary and Martha, I picture me, my sister, and her husband, you know, because we go together, okay? We're like the two ends of the Oreo, and then Eric's like the middle of the Oreo, okay? Like, he's our oddball, but he hangs out with us. So I got thinking, I was like, you know, I mean... I see where we can relate. And I'm not sure if I'm Mary or Martha, if I'm the one that's, like, waiting on Jesus or the one that's the preparing the house. Because, you know what I mean? If Jesus is going to come over for dinner, you want to have, like, your best 
table setting, you know? Like, that's when you pull the china out of that fancy cabinet. You know, like, you want it to be prepared and nice. But I get both ends of, this, of, of the story. But, so tonight, we're reading about Lazarus, and it's in John 11. And I don't know, like, if your Bible has, like, these little subtitle things, but mine is a whole spoiler. It says, the raising of Lazarus. Well, I didn't even get to find out that he died and then came back. They just jumped straight to the end, and that's like reading the last page of the book. I was like, well, oh, okay, thanks for telling me how it ended. Okay, um, and this is going to be pretty long, so just bear with me. But I'm telling you, it's going to be juicy, just from the title. So a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the very glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to the, to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. So I'm real shook up. So like we find out in verse 3, it says, Lord, your dear friend. So that, in our terms, would be like, your bestie, you know, like, y'all probably going on trips together. You know, you got, you got like your key person. So I imagine, you know, Lazarus and Jesus, they go way back, you know, because you don't just call anybody your dear friend, because, um, I mean, that's a pretty high up there title. But then Jesus waits two days knowing that his dear pal is sick. Now, I don't know about you, but if I found out that my gal pal was down, I'm going to be there. You know, like, if, if anything's happening, I'm going to be there with them. Unless they're contagious, I'll send you a card. I'm not, I'm not risking it for that biscuit, okay? But no. So that's, that's, real, that's real confusing. Why would he wait two days? You know, I mean, I'm not speaking for him, but I got a hankering. He knows what's going to go down. So we'll just, we'll just keep on waiting to see how he reacts, even though we already know the raising of Lazarus. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you, gonna go th- are you going there again? Okay, real shook up there too. You ain't going to go to a place that's already been, quote, a bad place. So now I'm thinking, is that why he waited two days? Was he, was he waiting for the heart of these people to calm down? I don't know. But normally if something bad happens somewhere, like you get like food poisoning somewhere, you ain't going to go back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm going to tell you, I got food poisoning about a year and a half ago up in D.C. I don't know if I ever want to be president, okay, because it just ruined the whole city. I just, when something bad goes down, you're scarred. You don't, you don't want to go back. But then Jesus replied. He said, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Okay, there's a lot happening right here. Like, he got real philosophical on us, talking about the daylight, and then he was like, we're going to go wake up Lazarus from him to snap. And I, I'm reading it, and I'm telling you, I was real shook up, okay? He said, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. Which, I mean, is pretty true. I mean, not many of us walk, you know, the streets of Oxford. You know, we normally drive. 
But we all kind of know if it's dry, not raining, sunny, it's normally all right. You're going to be okay. You know, there's people watching out for you, but at night, it kind of changes. Even if you're in, quote, a safe place, you're still a little bit more, like, aware of what's happening. I, I just, I get real shook up by Jesus when he'd be speaking like this. When he'd be speaking at all, I'm real shook up. Um, but then in verse 12, it says, The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. Simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. Boy, the Lord he knew, and the disciples did not even know. So far, Jesus has only received one message from Judea, and that's from Mary and Martha saying that your dear friend is very sick. He has not heard again. And there's, there's a quite the amount of mileage between Bethany and Judea. When I say mileage, it's going to take a couple of days walking distance. Jesus, Jesus somehow knows. Now, if that, if that ain't enough to bring us real chills, I don't know what is. Not only is his dear friend sick, quote, asleep, he's dead. Nobody else knows, but Jesus knows. And he's only received one message. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. So he's talking to his disciples, which to me is like your 12 best pals, okay? Um, and at this point, he's, I don't know, been kind of taking it somewhat easy on them, kind of letting them see all his magnificent miracles and, you know, like he's healing the blind, things are going cool. I mean, they're writing this book. Things are really going awesome. But now he's let somebody die. And, quote, it's for his glory. So now they're like, hmm, is this man for real? Because he's saying that he's the Messiah, but I don't know. He just kind of let this one bite the dust. Literally, okay? And so if I was a disciple, I mean, we all say, you know, we'd be right up there with Jesus. We would never doubt his powers, what he can do, his miracles, his healing touch. We all would say that. But I'm going to be honest, if I was like Peter or John, I don't know, I'd be kind of questioning it. Like, you've already fed the 5,000 with, like, some fish and some bread and, like, I don't know, did you just, like, pull that out of your hat? I don't know. So this one is real different to the disciples because normally he's already reached them before death. But this one, he's let pass by. And he says, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. So he knows that he's being doubted. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to tell Jesus. He already knows. And I'm telling you, that'll trip you out. Like, has your mama ever said, I already know what you done done before you done done it? Boy, I imagine mother's instinct is pretty close to Jesus. I don't know what Jesus was doing, but it was something good that he happened to pass down to mamas. Mm, mm, mm. So Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus has already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got worried that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. See, this is where I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if I'd be Martha and Mary. You know, I... I don't know if I want to Joanne gains up the house, or do I want to be with Jesus? Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. 
So I think Martha's words really speak of her faith. And we just found out that some of the disciples, or all of the disciples we don't know, are doubting the powers of Jesus. And I know you've all been where you're doubting the powers of Jesus. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I ain't seen him heal nobody from the dead. But I've seen him heal somebody's life. But still, you go through these periods where you doubt him. And so, like, I remember um, when I was getting ready to go to college, which was only, like, three years ago. I'm not as old as I look. Got to work on my skincare routine. But I remember, like, that was a real trying time. I mean, I kind of knew deep down where I was going to go. But still at this point in my senior year, I really did not know until about the end of April. And then I was like, I'm going to stay at home with my parents and go to Jack State. And I was talking um, today. I was like, but that was the craziest decision in my whole life. You know, just choosing where you, where you go to college. And I know, like, I probably shouldn't make it more stressful than it already is as I overanalyze things. But choosing where you go to college, you choose a whole lot of things in that moment. Because right then you're setting yourself up for what kind of degree are you going to get? Because not all, co all colleges offer the same degree. Did not know that until I started going to college. Um, they don't offer the same degree. Kind of sets you up for a job field. So, like, if you go to Auburn, you know, it's a lot of veterinarian things, kind of like that. And so around Auburn, there's a lot of pet clinics. Makes sense. Up in Jacksonville, I don't know what we got. I don't know if it's cupcakes, taco places. Somehow we just rolling out degrees. I don't know. But choosing where you go and what you do with your life is really heavy. Um, me and a lot of the people that I graduated, we chose different paths. That's totes okay. We had some people come out of high school that already had degrees, and I was like, you go, gal pal. That wasn't for me, okay? I was trying to enjoy those last few years on being on mom and daddy's bill. Um, but I don't know. Martha, she has a reflection in what she says about her faith. She had full faith in whatever God was going to do through Jesus. And in that period of my life, I mean, I had faith, but it was kind of wavering. You know, like, was he really going to tell me what I need to do? And so I believe I was more like the disciples at this moment, kind of wanting to be there, but not wanting him to call me out on the fact that I wasn't fully with him. But Martha, she's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. She's all in. Like She just left the house a mess and was like, He's coming. I got to go. So this, to me, says I need to be a Martha. You can be a Mary and prepare the house. But Martha, she had a prepared heart. And that's where I want to be. So in verse 23, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. So Martha has already accepted the fact that Lazarus is dead, her brother, and she's totally okay with knowing that she's going to have to wait till the last day. Now, I don't know about you, but we're in 2019. She's going to wait a long time because it still ain't the last day. So she's going to have to wait a long time to see her brother again. Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Talk about getting called out. Like, that's got to be a scary conversation to have with Jesus. I mean, he just told you the whole gospel. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. I think I learned something about, that's just, that's wild to say to somebody. 
And he says, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. I'm shook up. Like, I bet Martha had the clammy hands and was thinking, what? Like, can you repeat that again or write that down for me? And she just never skips a beat. She says, yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. She didn't, she didn't take no pause. She knew where her faith lied. And so did Jesus. But then it says, Jesus stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. So I think what Mary is saying is very interesting. She said, Lord, if only you had been here. I think sometimes we blame God for coming to the situation a little later than what we had anticipated. Like when death happens to somebody that we really love, we want to say, God, why weren't you here at this time? Why are you trying to show up now? It's too late. In his eyes, it's perfect. It's not too late. And that's, I mean, that's a real hard thing because he's half man and half God. We're only all human. He's got an understanding that surpasses all of ours. And, but, and I'm not saying it's bad to question God, but question God with the right heart of seeking his will. I think sometimes we want to question God and want him to say what we want him to say. And that's not what you need to have. That's not the kind of heart that you need to have. And I know that's really easy for me to say because I've said to God, you came a little too late. Why are you trying to show up now? We've all had those kind of situations. And if you haven't, well, one's coming up. So then, let's see. Oh, I don't lost my place. Whoopsie-daisy. Okay, 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Why? So he took this whole dear friend thing to a new extent. Normally, if you're just my friend, you know, I'll send you a little postcard if I go somewhere because I took 44 cents, okay? But, like, if you're, like, my relative, like, a couple weeks ago I went to the state capitol, I came back with magnets, T-shirts for the whole fam. You know, like, they was about to know what I experienced. And it was just the capitol. Like, we ain't never been there. I'll tell you what, side story. Last time I went to the capitol, it was um, Franklin Graham. He was doing, like, this tour of all the capitals. So, and I'm, this story has multiple parts. You want to talk about weeping, okay? So this is the day that I found out when we were, I'd never skipped school. I was, in, I was in high school. I'd never skipped school. We got in the car. It was me and my parents. My parents, I know they allowed me to do this, but it was for Franklin Graham, okay? We get in the car, and we are like in Silicaga between Montgomery. I get the email that I was graduating valedictorian. What? Wept. I mean, if Jesus wept like I wept, and he probably wept way more than I did, I wept, Okay. So fast forward, I already did that, so I was hysterical. Because I wasn't crying that I was happy. I was crying that I was sad that I skipped school on this very special day. I was crazy. Y'all just, whew, don't ever skip school because something good is bound to happen. But then when I got to the Capitol, I don't know if y'all remember this, but this is when the whole Bentley scandal was going down. And I showed up, and like we got there early. And I noticed that there was like these men in like these black suits with these sunglasses around like, this American flag lawn chair. I was like, 
boy, who they got some security guards guarding their chair? I was like, that's Ritzy. That's Ritzy. Here he comes. It was Robert Bentley in the flesh. I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Because if y'all know me, y'all know I love politics. I don't care if you're like Bill Clinton, Obama, Franklin Roosevelt. You, you know, you deserve some respect. I mean, you ran the free world, okay? Here he comes down the steps. And I was like, Mama, there he is. And I started to weep again. I, I, I get so excited meeting people. I don't know what it is. And so I, I sneak up to him all casual like. The security guards call, saw me coming. And I said, I just tapped him on the shoulder. I said, hey, you think I could talk to him? And I said it just like that. And they, they kind of leaned down like he was real formal in his American flag lawn chair, okay? They leaned down to him and was like, hey, you want to talk to this girl? He was like, yeah, yeah. So he gets up, and he looks at me, and no joke, he says, hey, Miss Wallace. Hit the floor. I'm telling you, hit the floor. And so, you know, I, I told him kind of where I was going to go to college and what I wanted to do. I said, I wanted to do politics. And he said, I'm going to tell you, somebody's going to need to come up here and run this state. I did not know what was about to go down, but he was speaking raw truth, man. We needed somebody to come and run it. That was just a little side story, a day that I was very excited about. I think it's wrote down in one of my diaries somewhere. Yeah, I, there's three very important men in my life outside of my family. That'd be Congressman Rogers. Okay, love him. James Spann, boy. I got a bobblehead head. I got T-shirts. I got a thing with his face on it. I've got his signature. Love the man, okay? And then practically any man that's in power, I'm just like, boy, y'all need to be writing books. And now that it's like the day and age where women are in power, I'm like, I'm about to write a book. Somebody is, I'm going to tell somebody these crazy stories that I have experienced. Sorry, I just got a little sidetracked. But when Jesus wept, I was like, I kind of know what weeping is. But I don't think it was the same scale because I imagine when Jesus wept, that's how we got the Nile River. Like, he wasn't crying. You know, like when you cry and it's like, <laughs> no. I imagine the man was squalling like he had no self-control. Because this is said back here at the beginning. Lazarus was his dear friend. Dear friend. He wasn't just a pal that he had met along the way of this journey. He was his dear friend. And this... He already knew he was dead. He already knew. So he, he, he had time to cope. And I'm telling you, I, I told you I've only, I haven't dealt with a lot of death. And, like, we knew um, my grandparents when they passed, like, you know, it was, it was kind of coming. I mean, they were in their 80s. Um, but I don't know which death is better. You want to know or you don't want to know, you know? Because, you know, you can say you want to prepare yourself, but goodbye is still just as hard as if you had not prepared yourself. And so you would have thought Jesus would have prepared himself. Now, I think he was prepared, and he was prepared perfectly to show how he felt about his dear friend. So I'm just shook right now about Jesus weeping, okay? And then it says in verse 36, the people who were watching nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? And I'm telling you, this is ordained by the Lord himself. He knew that people, including his disciples, were going to be doubting his powers. Why did he wait? Why did he not do this? And there's a lot of times when we have said, why did he wait or why did he not do this? 
And then it says, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. <laughs> it's the small things, am I right? Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? And let me just go back to you because he did, he did say that. Let's see. Let's, let's go back. Oh, it says in verse 4, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Okay, so there's a clue. He's going to raise again. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Those are key words. I just told you the whole story all wrapped up in one in verse 4, and we're like on verse like 38. Jesus done told you the story. Lazarus is going to die from his sickness. He will raise again, but this will all be for mine and my, and my Father's glory. I'm all shook up. I mean, the man's all about spoilers. You know, what can we say? And it says, Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. So Jesus this whole time, I believe he's trying to prove himself. He's trying to prove what his father can do. At this point, um, I believe people are still trying to see him as just a man. Even though he's healed people, they're still not like 100%. They're like a 90% with him. And so this to him was going to be like the last straw of raising Lazarus. That was going to be like his final mark of, I'm the Messiah. Do not miss this boat with me. I'm him. I'm the one that you've heard about. But don't miss this with me. And, that's, and he says, that he, he says, but I said it out loud for the sake of all, these of all these people. He wants them to be aware. This ain't just a show. This is it. I'm speaking to the Father. You better stay around for this. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. You want to talk about 44 verses of just raw suspense. And I told y'all, the title done ruined it. Said the raising of Lazarus. I was like, well, know how this story's going to end, don't we? I tell you. But I was, you know, I told you here at the beginning, you know, my Mary and my Martha and my Lazarus would be me, my sister, and her husband. And today, I don't know why on the way to Birmingham we was talking about death and what we're going to do with ourselves. And I just said, I'm going to need to go first. I can't, I can't do it. I can't be without my sister. I can't be without Eric. I can't do it, okay? Because sometimes there's a lot of things I can do, and I'll call Eric, and I'll be like, yo, you tell me where the power button is on this? Because I know where it's at. I just need you to help me. We all have those people in our lives where you're just like, oh, no, no. I'm not going first. And, like, if you're married, it's probably going to be the, the other one because you're thinking, uh -uh, I ain't doing it without them. My grandmother, she always says that. I'm telling you, she's like 85 and just buck wild, boy. That walker, and I ain't got nothing on their feet. I'm telling you, I think it's just holding her up some days. But she'll always say, she may not remember what she had for breakfast, but she'll say, Henry's going. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. 
Because what she's meaning is she's going to have to go first. She ain't, she ain't doing life without Henry. She ain't doing it. Because she can barely remember a time. They got married, gosh. She was still in high school. Do not recommend this. Do not recommend what Lindora did. She got married in high school, and he was out in the Navy doing his own thing. And they were just writing letters to each other. And then he came back and was like, yo, you want to get married? And I tell you what, her mama kicked him out the house, put him in a taxi, and said, uh-uh, they got married. They got married. <laughs> just to let y'all know how buck wild my grandmother was. She was crazy. But they, they've been together, well, I think we just hit 68 years. Shook up. So you best believe she's thinking Henry better go first. And Henry's thinking she better go first. That's the kind of love that Jesus wants us to have. I can't imagine Mary and Martha. I would be, and for some reason, I'm going to feel like they're twins. They're maybe not twins, but I just feel like if you name them Mary and Martha, they got to be twins. Um, but if you can imagine your only brother dying, and then somebody's going to come up and say he's about to be raised again, I'm, I'm all shook up. And I got to thinking, I, you know, we was talking about death, and I already know how I want my funeral to go. I had it planned out. And they tell you to tell somebody. I've told a lot of people how I want it to go. I don't know how I want to get married because I'm not sure if that's happening, but I know I'm going to die. So I already told people, I said, look, do an open casket for like 30 minutes, you know, then go put me somewhere in the dirt, preferably somewhere where fresh, fresh flowers can go. You know, I like that. Because um, I hate to see, like, people's bouquets just flying across the road. I'm like, no, put some seeds in the ground, okay? That's some good dirt. Put some seeds over me, you know? Just make it real quick. And then I want casseroles. Go eat. Go have some casseroles. Just get filled up on some carbs, some MSG, and then just go sleep it off. Because I ain't going to be there, you know? It's, it's going to be okay. Just, just go enjoy yourself. I don't want to have no sad funeral and don't nobody wear black. Boy. You better come in there wearing floral prints. Because this whole concept of funerals being so sad, I mean, I get it. You know, I get it. Don't be sad. Okay, that just means we're just one day closer to him coming. Don't be sad. It's like, if, if I die tomorrow, y'all all know what I want. Casseroles, oh, and I want to be in the ground by two. Okay, like, I'm telling you, you're supposed to tell somebody, so I told somebody, Okay. And trust me, my, my family knows what I want. We discuss it on the reg. Just, you know, but, you know, I don't want to be one of those people where they're like, we don't know her wishes. Y'all all heard my wishes. It's on the podcast. It's on the camera. Y'all know my wishes. So don't nobody wear black, okay? <laughs> Jeez, I'm telling you, because I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't think about morbid things like that. And I'm real crazy. I've had two fish die. They had a proper burial, okay? I found medicine bottles. They, were, they weren't six feet. They were six inches. We spoke words over them. There was flowers. I didn't wear black, though. I didn't wear black. So that just needs to be a key. If my fish is still living, take him. He needs to say goodbye to his mama. But Death, it was so crazy back in Jesus' time. I mean, they just put him, they just wrap you up in some grave clothes. And I'm assuming that was like, these special rag things, and they just put you in there. That's how I want to go, just real simple. We, we gotten too crazy with death these days. Like Kenny told us, 
They, they would put you in, in the tomb the same day you died. You want to talk about getting over something. We got to wear now. We'll wait a whole week. Don't you dwell on something like that. Somebody's life needs to be celebrated. And I'm telling you, Jesus, this was his dear friend. This is the only time we hear about Jesus weeping. And he raised his friend from the dead. He, he did not dwell on that at all. He knew that his friend had lived a good life, even, he, even if he did not come back and raise him. Lazarus had lived out his life and fulfilled the glory of God. And Jesus knew that Lazarus was not done, so he went back and got his friend and was like, yo, bro, it, it ain't time. Get up. That's, that's what we need it to be like. Don't let when they go into the ground be that final closure. Because I'm telling you, they're going to be with you again. They are. If they chose to accept Jesus Christ and you have to, you'll see each other again. Don't dwell on what is here on this earth. Because I'm telling you, things are dying all the time. We are all going through seasons of life. You're either going through a season of long hair or short hair. Currently short hair for me. I saw the death of my long hair a couple of weeks ago. Um, I saw the ending of my high school career. I really haven't seen that much, so that's all I got. And I've seen the death of a couple of fish. But we're all going through these seasons of life, and they come and they pass, and we don't dwell on those. We don't dwell on these periods of singleness. Or marriage, if, if it's long some days. I hear it's long some days. I don't know, though. Um... But all these things, they're dying in front of us. I mean, the trees, they only have green on them for like four or five months out of the year. And then the leaves die again. We're not dwelling over that. Jesus created everything. But he doesn't mean for you to dwell on death all of the time. And I got to thinking, like, Lazarus is a representation, I mean, Mary and Martha, too, are a representation of all of us. We've all seen a Lazarus come back to life. Whether that was somebody that was wrapped in a life of sin, did not know Jesus at all, and then met Jesus and came to life through him, or a Christian that struggled, got away from the Lord, and then had a rebirth and came back to him again. We've all seen these moments. And maybe if you haven't, you're that Lazarus. And maybe you need to have somebody come and shake up your tomb and say, yo, it's time to come on. You got to get with it. He's a coming. Or maybe you're a Mary and a Martha and you're trying to prepare the way for Jesus to come. I want to envision that I've been all three. That at some point at 12 years old, my tomb got shaken up and somebody in a little white church said, you got to come on. And so I went. And I've also been that person that will run and meet Jesus and be a Martha. Then I've also been a Mary and I'm trying to just prepare the just prepare the way. And sometimes being a Mary is not preparing the house. It's preparing the children in the back, teaching them about Christ. Or sometimes it really is physically preparing your home to welcome a small group in. Sometimes it is like that. But today, you know, when we go into small groups and we just think about what God has done, I want you to think, who are you right now? Are you a Mary, a Martha, or are you a Lazarus? That's three very important people, and that's only three out of like a bazillion people that we hear about in the Bible. But I just want to thank today 
or you need to be resurrected like Lazarus was, you're trying to prepare the way, or you're trying to run and meet him. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell my small group, I'm all three right now. I'm trying to focus on being all three. I know that seems a little high up there, but I want to I wanna try to be better at being all three, about remembering when I came and was reborn through Christ, but that I'm still trying to prepare the way and run for him. So today, and even if you're not a youth, as an adult, I know y'all be chatting it out up there. We can hear you when we're back here. I dare you to talk about it. I dare you to talk about it. Who are you in this story? And even if you're not somebody in this story, who have you seen that's been a Lazarus that's come out of the tomb? So while you're out there chatting, just kind of think about it. You know, just kind of let it dwell up in your heart a little bit. Even if you don't talk about it now, talk about it with Jesus later. So um, I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing, and then we'll probably go into small groups. God, I just want to thank you for bringing us here into this place and for being just with us in this time. You know me yesterday. I wasn't really feeling this whole speaking thing. Might have even kind of sass-mouthed the pastor. I'm still real sorry about that. But you know sometimes this whole living on this earth is hard, and it can be filled with a lot of emotions. And, Jesus, you felt those emotions when your dear friend Lazarus died. You carried the weight of the world on your shoulders, and you fell in love with your friend, and you thought, I'm going to get him. His time is not up. And I pray that you would reach out to us just like you did to Lazarus and tell us, come on, let's go. It's not time. Don't give up on me yet. And I pray that you would reach out to us that are trying to be Mary and Martha's and run to you, but prepare the way. There's just a lot happening. But I pray that you would continue to give us a, a sense of encouragement and guidance as we go throughout your word, God. And I pray that tonight's message would not just be one that was routine and that people just came to listen to, but it would be one that pierced somebody's heart, God, because I'm telling you for me, it was what I needed, God. I love you so much, and I'm so thankful for what you're doing in this place. In your name we pray.